One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. A true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's night. And I heard this is going to be a terrible case. Yeah, after Courtney and I recorded last week's episode, we stopped recording. I was like, oh, Courtney, are you ready for, should we do like back to back terrible, terrible stories that are very similar? And she's like, yeah, it's just what happens. It's just what happens. This is what happens when you record blindly. So, we apologize. We did not mean to cluster a bunch of horrible, horrible cases up together, but such is life. So yeah. let's just get them out of the way. And, yeah, and also we'll... real quick before we get started, I realized last week I plugged my podcast, but I never said the name. <laughs> I plugged my narrative horror podcast, but I never told you what it was called. So I'm a good, you should hire me to do your PR. <laughs> Just don't tell them this time either. No. And so anyway, Sadie, no. So uh, please, please leave is the name of the podcast. If you would like to listen to my narrative horror podcast, it is called Please Leave. Yes. We but, don't want you to leave right now. No, that is not a call to action. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a call to action. Anyway, <laughs> what are you going to talk about today, Sadie? Oh, Ray? well, before I get started, I want to give a huge thank you to one of our South African listeners, Sarah Harrison, who took the time yeah. to put the story together. She came to our Patreon party that we had a few months ago mm -hmm. and said, hey, I want more South African stories. And we were like, heck yeah, we want them too. They Some names are incredibly hard to pronounce as dumb Americans, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, what if I put the story together and then 
you wouldn't have to. And I was like, heck yeah, do it. Deal. And she did. So thank you so, 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 so much, Sarah. And, and she also ran a 55-mile marathon <laughs> right. at the same time to <laughs> yeah. feed hungry people. So Sarah yeah, she, uh, wins the Overachiever <laughs> Listener Award of the does. year. Yeah, for hunger. But no, she tech, uh, emailed us, I think, and was like, yeah, I would like to do this, but I'm kind of busy, you know, training for a 55-mile marathon. And we were like, yeah, no no worries, you know, whatever. <laughs> no rush. And then two days later, she sends us 24 pages of story. Yeah. So well done. Almost as well long done. as her marathon. <laughs> so this will be a two-parter. And today we're going to talk about the remarkable survival story of Ina Bonnet. Oh boy, survival. I'm scared already. Yeah, you should be. The small town of Motomole, South Africa, is an area known for its agriculture and cattle farming. Located just 80 miles north of the capital, South Africa, the population sits just under 10,000 people, 54% of which are white Afrikaans, which is a lot because there's only, they only make up about 5% of the population. Yeah. Motomole literally means, quote, God has devoured or God cool. has eaten. Oh, we're putting that on the list for please leave that. Gives right? me the chills. The chills. Yes. Good Lord. And was the name given by locals to a hill where people frequently disappeared. As legend <sighs> had it, when someone disappeared on or around the hill, others were told not to worry because God had devoured them. Don't worry. They just got eaten by God. It was just a God snack. Just one mm -hmm. of those God mm -hmm. snacks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Other legends of the place tell of enemies being driven off the edge of the hill and disappearing. Many say the small town gives the impression of a community stuck in the past with marked racial inequality and religious conservatism. A place where white farmers who originally stole the land from the black people living there now hire this disenfranchised population who live in the area to work on their land for pennies. South Africa? No, they've never right. had any issues with anything like that. They're I not know. Nah. I, uh, Sarah included a bunch of information about the history of South mm -hmm. Africa, which we I might be able to incorporate in future stories. It's horrifying. and Yeah, it's very bad. In, very interesting. I mean, and we are spotless as far as that <laughs> right, is concerned in the United States. But uh, <laughs> no, it's yeah. very yeah. bad. Because of the terrible pay, these workers have no choice but to live in shacks on the outskirts of town. Motomole is a little spot where our hero, Ina Bonnet, met the Motomole monster, Johan Kotz. Oh boy. Lavina Swanapool was born in Rustenburg, South Africa in 1969 to her parents, Lavina and Peter. She was the youngest of three kids and had two older brothers. When Ina was little, her family lived on the mine where her father worked, and they later moved to a farm in a town about two hours north. Ina remembered her childhood by saying, quote, As a little girl, I loved to dress up nicely and make my hair look pretty. I dreamed of being a secretary because they always looked so well-dressed and walked around the office in high heels. Oh. I wanted to wear high heels. Same girl. Same. Mm-hmm. After high school, she moved to the capital of South Africa, possibly to live out her childhood dream of working in an office, which she did. That's so great. I love that was her childhood dream. <laughs> 
But after a short time, she realized that the big city wasn't for her. So she returned to live with her family for a few months before heading out again on her own. This time, she moved to the small town of Bella Bella and met her husband, Rex Bonnet. After dating for three years, the two married in 1990 when Ina was just 21. She would later write, quote, I wanted to have a marriage like my parents, where there was love, honesty, and respect. Ina and Rex would go on to have two children together. Their first child was a boy named Conrad, who was born in 1993. And then three years later, Ina would give birth to their daughter, Angelique, in 1996. Rex and Ina made their marriage work until 2004, when Angelique, who was only eight years old, discovered that her father was having an affair. Oh, boy. She told her mother, and when Ina learned what Rex had done, she decided to leave him and filed for divorce. By 2009, Ina was living and working in Motomole, only 18 miles from Bella Bella. She had a job as a successful insurance broker and was now a single mother. A friend described her as, quote, the gentlest, most caring woman I know and a fantastic mother. Mm. In August 2009, friends learned that Ina was ready to date again. And a mutual friend gave Ina's phone number to a man named Johan Kotz, who was a farmer. I know. I'm scared. I know. Who was a farmer in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Ina and Johan began talking on the phone. But because Bloemfontein is almost 600 kilometers or 370 miles from Motomol, they only communicated by phone for the first month before finally meeting in person. Once they started seeing each other in person, Johan would make the six-hour drive to visit Ina on the weekends. Quote, in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't pick up on his controlling behavior. During that time, he spoiled me a lot with expensive holidays, expensive presents, and naturally pretty clothes. Mm -hmm. After dating for seven months, Johan proposed. He had arranged with her regional manager to tell Ina that there was a work function, which she needed to attend. When she arrived at the resort, where she thought the work function was, she was given a bouquet of flowers with an engagement ring inside. Damn. And I want to point out that often in the beginning of relationships, people don't show their controlling. So it's not like she missed it. No, she just no, that's didn't the see it because point. it didn't exist yet. Yeah, because so, love bombing is phase one. Exactly. So that language, I think it's so common for people in domestic violence situations. Um, abusive relationships to blame themselves like I had I just didn't see it but in fact you were just completely manipulated and abused that's the whole point that's how they get you pull you in close yep I can't imagine I cannot imagine like marrying somebody and then on the and it's always like and then on the wedding night shit went haywire Mm -hmm. like oh god so the two were married seven months later on October 23rd 2010 but the newlywed phase never happened for Ina and Johan on the night of their wedding I mean it's like just took it straight out of your mouth on the night of their wedding Johan laid down the rules for Ina's new life with him god he had already made Ina cut her long blonde hair before the wedding telling her that it looked neglected and made her look old Mm. But once they were married, he told her that she needed to gain weight, wear dark jeans, and low-cut tops. (laughs) He said that her parents would have to make appointments to visit them. Oh, my God. And that she had to get permission to visit her parents. Oh, my God. He said that her children now answered to him, not her. Johan also wanted to see and approve her work appointments in advance. Ina described being resistant at first, but said he slowly wore her down, attacking her self-esteem. I have so many chills. Yep. 
quote, at all times I had to report to him about everything that I was doing, which clients I was seeing, where my appointments were. He would drive to where I'd said I would be and check that my car was there. Oh my God. Ironically, Ina would later find that Johan had several cell phones, which he was using to communicate with at least five other women, soliciting naked photos from them. Sweet, sweet, sweet romance. Oh, romance mm -hmm. is good to hear that it's not dead. Right. True gentleman. (sighs) When she confronted Johan about it, he told her that these women were sexually harassing him and that he had reported the harassment to police. <laughs> I had to get like 11 burner phones to uh, mm-hmm. to manage all the sexual sexual harassment I'm receiving from all these five women. Because that's <laughs> right. exactly what women do, especially mm-hmm. five of them. Five of them. Yeah, some like middle-aged asshole guy. Yeah. They are targeting him. Good God. Johan explained that he had to keep the phones as evidence. Hina didn't believe him, but she let it go. I just, I really, I can't imagine. No. Just living in a light, like a world of crazy. Nothing's true. You are terrible. You can't do anything right. No. This guy. Horrible. Horrible. So just five months into the marriage, in March 2011, Ina had enough of Johan's terrible behavior, so she moved out and took Angelique with her. By now, Conrad was out of high school, living on his own and attending university. Ina said, quote, What I experienced in those five months of our marriage was jealousy, manipulation, possessiveness, secrecy, lies, and the destruction of my self-worth and the loss of my identity. Unfortunately, Johan wouldn't let Ina go easily. After six weeks of his relentless begging, Ina had a change of heart and moved back in with him. (laughs) Once back in the house, all of Johan's empty promises vanished, and his control of Ina only got worse. In July of 2011... Johan allowed Ina to visit her parents. He made her promise that she'd stay only a few days and would definitely come back. She and Angelique went to stay with them for the weekend, and Conrad joined them there. At the end of the weekend, Conrad returned to university, and Ina and Angelique returned to Johan. When they got back to the house, Johan's there, but all of their furniture and appliances were gone. Oh. Uh Uh-uh. God, this story is already... Ugh, nightmare yeah. fuel. Yeah. It's like this low, at least from what I am reading, a low level yeah. emotional abuse, like doing really strange things like selling all their shit no, out from under that you. that is chilling. That is absolutely yeah. terrifying. There's something but about not, that that scares me more than getting hit. Just to yes. walk into an empty house without any yes. shit in it except for your husband. That is exactly. so scary. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And not, I didn't read a, a lot about like hitting or, you know, I'm yeah. sure that probably happened too, but there, there, it just seemed sort of that lower level Mm-mm. of creepy Mm-mm. manipulation and terribleness. Quote, he'd previously told me that my furniture wasn't really his taste. So he sold all my furniture with the promise that he would replace it with furniture that would be my property. Oh my God. My washing machine, tumble dryer, all those things were sold. He bought new appliances that were supposed to be mine. All the things that he'd bought to replace my furniture were removed by him that weekend when we weren't there. Mm. So she, he already replaced all of her furniture, said it was hers. <laughs> and then sold and then it again. Sold it again. What a psycho. Everything, even my wedding present bed set that I had designed was gone, oh, she said. Oh my God. Hmm. <sighs> So not knowing what was going on or why the house had been emptied, Ina told her daughter to go to her room and lock the door. 
this enraged Yoan who began pounding on Angelique's door and yelling at her. This was the final straw for Ina and feared for her daughter's safety. Ina managed to get Angelique safely out of the house, and the two were able to stay the night at the boarding house of the local school nearby. Ina wasn't sure what to do after leaving Johan for the second time, but she knew she didn't want to tell her parents what happened. She was embarrassed by her failed marriage and didn't feel like she had anyone to turn to, Mm. so she started by looking for a new place to live. Quote, We had one single bed that we fetched from Conrad's flat, and I later got a single bed from my parents. We had nothing else left. God, can you imagine? Like, uh, son, my child... Uh, can I borrow a bed? No. Humiliating, stressful, stressful for her kids. It's just awful. And all she wanted was a happy marriage with a partner who would support her and love her. One of our sponsors this week is our best friend forever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious, calorie-smart, and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes, too. Stuck in a recipe rut? Take a bite out of something new with 40 recipes to choose from weekly. With options to please even the pickiest eaters, you'll always find meals everyone at the table will enjoy. If you have been with the podcast from the beginning, you know we have been fans and customers of HelloFresh for years. I love absolutely everything about it. I love that it shows up every week. I love that it cuts down on my meal planning and prepping. I don't have a lot of time. I have less and less time somehow every week. And it's so nice to know that I can open my fridge and there is delicious pre-portioned, pre-planned, yummy food that I love and my wife loves. I can't say enough good about it. I also love that it cuts down on waste. I find that when I go to the grocery store, I buy endless ingredients, just hoping that I'll reach some inspiration once I get home. And then I end up wasting a lot of food and not to mention the packaging that the food comes in. So that is another one of my favorite things about HelloFresh. So if you want to jump on the HelloFresh train with Sadie and I, Go to HelloFresh.com slash theywill16 and use code theywill16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash theywill16 and use code theywill16 for 16, one six, you guys, free meals plus free shipping. Yeah, it's beyond... So after Ina moved out, she was under the impression that Johan had left Modimole to go back to the city where he was living before they'd met. But sadly, this was not the case. Instead, Johan rented a house from his friend Dirk and decided to spend his time stalking Ina. Big surprise. Unbeknownst to Ina, Johan was driving to her new home every night and would sit in her car watching her for hours at a time. She didn't realize the trouble she was in until one day Johan showed up at her house unannounced. Mm. Quote, on November 17th, 2011, I was hosing my garden when I felt someone behind me. Mm-mm. It was Johan. He told me that someone in my family, someone very close to me, was going to hurt me the most. He also said that the house that he was renting would become the house in Motomol. I thought he was referring to the renovations that he talked about doing. I had no idea what he really meant. Mm. Very unfortunately, 
Ina would soon learn what Johan was referring to. Mm. On January 3rd, so like not even two weeks later, Johan called Ina and asked her to come visit him at his house. Ina was eager to finalize their divorce, so she agreed to stop by. God. When she arrived, she asked that they sit outside to talk because she didn't want to be alone inside with Johan because she's not stupid, right? She's not oh. a dumb woman. And God, they all follow the same exact script too, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like really, truly, yeah. to the down to the T. It's like Dorothy Stratton's story that we mm-hmm. I just covered on Patreon. Exactly yeah. the same thing. And, and they always say it's like that's the most dangerous part, right? When you're trying to get out, that's when they turn up the heat and hurt or kill you. Yeah. But God. Yeah. Get an original script, you fucking assholes. I know, man. Ina called, quote, that was when Yoan asked me if there was any way that we could try again. I looked him straight in the eyes. I told him there is no way. Once Ina realized that Yoan wasn't going to give up easily and certainly wasn't going to divorce amicably, Ina got up to leave, but Johan asked her to wait a minute. He said he had a box of her things inside the house that he wanted her to go through before she left. Ina tried to refuse, knowing that he wouldn't have anything of hers because he'd already sold all of her belongings. But Johan persisted. He wore her down once again and got his way. No. <sighs> Johan told her that the box of things was in the main bedroom and led her inside. Yeah. Johan brought, brought Ina into his dark bedroom. But before she could register what was happening, three strange men <gasps> came out from where they'd been no. hiding behind the bedroom door and from inside the closet. Right away, Ina knew she was in serious trouble and believed she was getting ready to face her biggest fear. It turned out that in the early days of the relationship, when they were only talking on the phone, Johan had asked Ina what she was most afraid of. She confided in him by saying, quote, my biggest fear is that I'm going to be hijacked one day and gang raped. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, uh-uh. God, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, this is really, we are really doing this. Yeah, and it's going to heat up a fucking shit ton. So <sighs> just buckle in, guys, because it gets really rough. Okay. Now that Ina was trapped in his home, Yoan told her, quote, now you're going to feel what it's like to be raped by, insert racial slur here. Mm-hmm. Not only had Yoan orchestrated the gang rape of his estranged wife, but his racism caused him to believe that the most humiliating and degrading thing that he could do to his wife was arrange for her to be raped by black men specifically. Wow. 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 Uh, big old trigger warning for rape and torture. Mm-hmm. Once the bedroom door was closed, Johan told the men to tie Ina to the bed and gag her while he tried to hold her down. Oh my God. Ina did her best to fight them off, but ended up breaking her foot in the struggle. Once Ina was tied up and gagged, Johan started by torturing Ina in truly heinous ways. He used scissors, Mm -mm. pliers, a quote, long silver object that was about 10 inches long, and a nail to torture her. He started by mutilating her breasts. He even cut off both of her nipples and perforated her breast implants. My God. He then anally and vaginally raped her with different objects and his hands and beat her very badly. Johan broke several of Ina's ribs and cut chunks out of her hair. Once he had enough, he then turned to the three men still in the room and told them, quote, today you're going to know how it feels to fuck a white woman. Oh my God. Hmm. Yeah. 
These men were later identified as Andres Sithole, Pieta Molain, and Franz Mipaka. At trial, two of the men, Pieta and Franz, would claim that they did not actually rape Ina, pretended to, but Ina insisted that all three men raped her. The men would also insist that they only raped her under duress, as Johan had a gun on them, but Ina would testify that Johan kept his gun in his waist belt of his pants. And for a while, he even left it in a cupboard. Mm-hmm. She said he never pointed it at the men. And at one point, Yoen even left the room to take a phone call from his daughter oh to talk about the details of an upcoming fishing trip they were planning. Mm. And this is not Angelique. This is his, his biological sure. daughter. The men could have run away or overpowered Johan if they really didn't want to take part in the attack. Instead, they did exactly as they were told. Once they were finished, Yoen poured stall druples, which directly translates to steel drops and is a blood coagulant typically used to halt bleeding on wounded animals. Mm. So he pours this into all of her open wounds. Oh my God. Tina said that the pain from these drops was unbearable, causing her to pass out. The typical dose for the medicine is usually only a couple of drops, but Yoen poured the entire bottle on her. The Staldruples was also used as a way to destroy any DNA evidence left behind by Ina's rapists. Mm. Ina recalled, quote, I lost myself. I know that I was gone for a while. He kept insulting me and then would lay down on the bed next to me. He told me over and over again how much he loved me. After hours of torture and sexual assault, Johan told Ina that he was going to call her son, Conrad, and make him come to the house. Mm -mm. He said he would then force Conrad to rape Ina at gunpoint. This is what Johan was previously referring to when he said, when he showed up at Ina's mm-hmm. in November and told her that someone in her family was going to hurt her the most. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now that this doesn't happen. And Conrad never saw his mother tied up and injured, but it's not clear why Johan changed his mind at the last minute. True to his word, Johan took Ina's phone to call her son because he knew that Conrad would be more likely to answer a call from his mom and come to the house if Conrad knew that Johan had his mom's phone and that she was most likely really there with him. Yep. Johan asked Conrad to come over because he and Ina wanted to speak to him. Conrad did as he was told and even brought a friend with him because he was worried about what Johan might do. When they arrived, Johan sent the friend to an outbuilding to fetch some items and led Conrad into the house. Instead of bringing Conrad to his mother, he brought him to a room next to where Ina was still bound. Ina said she couldn't see Conrad, but could hear her 19-year-old son begging for his life. Oh my God. Ina then heard a gunshot, Mm-mm. and Conrad went silent. Mm-mm. So not much has been publicly shared about who Conrad Bonnet was, but we know he had a dream to earn his doctorate in computer programming, and one, he wanted to one day run his own IT business. Ina later recalled, quote, Conrad was a child who set huge goals for himself and then reached them. Conrad's grandmother, Lavina, said, quote, the young man was the apple of my eye and gave the best hugs. <laughs> Friends talked about how they would miss Conrad's laugh, smile, and jokes. After shooting Conrad, Yoen fled from the house and called Vivian Vandermeer, who was the wife of his landlord, he told her that there was a problem at the house and that she needed to go there right away. When she arrived, she found Conrad's friend still waiting outside the house, completely oblivious to the horrors that had just taken place inside. No. 
The dude's like, well, I can't find them. Edge trimmers in the outbuilding. Oh, like, buddy. God. I mean, part of me is happy that he didn't have to also, I mean, I'm sure he was still completely traumatized, totally. but like didn't have to be a part of this actual scene from hell. Yeah. But again, it's like, mm, <laughs> what? what? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Vivian went inside and found Ina, who was still bound and gagged. Vivian helped Ina get free, and as soon as she could, she got up immediately and ran to her son and cradled his dead body nope. in her arms. Nope, nope, nope. So sad. Good Jesus God, I can't do this. No. Vivian called the police for help, and this was where they found Ina when they arrived. It was later reported that after calling for help, Vivian called her husband, Dirk, who was friends with Johan. Dirk said when he answered the phone, Vivian was on the other line and just, quote, screamed and screamed and screamed. God. So sad. So sad. When paramedics arrived to help Ina, she refused to be taken to a hospital, but was seen by a local doctor. She would later change her mind as the severity of her injuries became more clear mm. and some of her wounds were infected. She really didn't want to leave Conrad. Oh my God. Ugh. Doctors, I know. Doctors fixed her broken bones and cleaned her wounds. She was put on antiretroviral medication when authorities learned that one of her rapists was HIV positive. Oh, no. Luckily, she never contracted HIV. <sighs> Over the next few months and years, Ina underwent 21 surgeries in total, including re reconstructive surgeries to her breasts and genitals and several surgeries to repair her broken foot. <sighs> After Yoen killed Conrad, he went on the run. At the time, police believed he had likely fled back to Bloemfontein, where he'd been living before he met Ina. But at first, they had trouble finding him. During a search of Yoen's house, police found evidence that Yoen had put together a hit list of 20 people connected to Ina that Yoen planned to kill. How do these people exist? This wildness, this just like feral, wild rage is just... It, yeah. How does this happen? Where? Why? How? Where? I don't know. I don't know. Like the most angry I've ever been, I've been like, ooh, that makes me so mad. And then, then it kind of passes, right? Like I don't then start this plan to completely ruin generations of lives and like forever just ruin everything no, for everybody. I can't. I just just doesn't. No. I can't know that this exists, even though we're very well acquainted with it at this point. It's just like, what the fuck? I can't believe this mm. exists. No. This is I real. It's not a horror yes. story that has no actual like bearing on anyone's life. This is real life. That is really real crazy. life. Crazy. Yup. Along with a piece of paper containing these people's names, he also had pictures of their homes and places they worked. Jesus God. On this list were both Conrad and Angelique. Angelique had been at her dad's house when Ina went to see Joanna. After Ina was found, Angelique's father Rex was informed of what had happened. Fearing for Angelique's safety, Rex brought his daughter to stay with his sister. It seemed as if Rex's instincts were right, because witnesses would later come forward saying they saw Yoen out in front of Rex's house shortly after he killed Conrad. Oh, God. Authorities believe he went there to kill Angelique mm. in an act of ultimate revenge. As authorities dug deeper into the life of Yoen Kotz, the trail of destruction he left behind him for decades, including another murder, started to come out. Oh, nobody's surprised there. Yeah. Soon, everyone was calling him the Motomole Monster, a title that was fitting for this truly despicable human. 
And we are going to leave it there oh. for today, my little babies. And we will dig more into this fucking awful person next week in part two. Yeah, I think this is a good place to stop so that we can all like... Take showers and hot baths. Yeah. Go outside and, like, and take a huge breath and... Uh, mm-hmm. Feel the grass on your toes. For a while. Yeah, I don't I even know. know what you do after this. I just feel like we're making these stories worse and worse. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Right. But like, that's how, I, yeah, reading this. And I, I remember, I think that this has been, Sarah probably recommended to us and I looked into it. And I was like, oh, this is so awful. Yeah. You think it's bad enough? And then the Conrad dies? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not okay. Mm-mm. That's not okay at all. Mm-mm. I just not like okay. inflicting that much pain. It's so, that's the, that's the real fuck of it. Like, mm-hmm. It's one thing to just like take out a life. It's another thing to just willingly and happily and specifically inflict that much pain is that makes me dizzy. makes me really feel like I'm going to pass out. It's so horrendous. Yep. Yeah, it really, really is. I mean, we think about, it's like, it's my hyper focus. I talk about it. It's the reason we've done this podcast for as long as we have, because I just don't understand people. I was thinking last night about how there's just all these people on this earth that are just don't, they don't think anything like I do <laughs> you know, no, right? Like at all. Right. And I don't no. even mean just straight up monsters like this guy. I mean, there's just all these people out there that just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I like what what is going on up there Does right no well and the fact that not everybody has such like boxes I feel like you and I have these boxes we put people in and it make, helps organize the neurodivergence but like yeah it's not black and white all the time we can definitely blur that but it it sort of is it's like the way that I feel in my brain feels very right like like just and empathetic and it's like how does not everybody feel that for other people exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and it, the, exactly the reason I was thinking about that last night was this whole popular sort of saying among people who are different than I am that's like we can tolerate each other's intolerance. We need to tolerate mm-hmm. each other's intolerance. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I agree until mm-hmm. your intolerance spills over on me and like hurts me. Yes. <laughs> and that's right. the big Well, not difference just hurts between- you, but like takes your rights away. Exactly. And yes, yes, yes. I saw that 
I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, it pissed uh, me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I yes, great. I we can disagree, but that's there's a big difference between HGTV is a great network or the color purple is not appropriate for the exterior of a house, you know, whatever. Like right. those are disagreements. Those are differences. Intolerance is something completely different. And yes. So yeah, no, I'm not going to tolerate your intolerance. No. I will no. tolerate your difference of opinion. That is very, very different. And that is not what you are referring to. And that is not what you are mm-hmm. doing. And you think right. you are. You think it is just that simple that you being like, I don't think that gays are of God mm-hmm. is as is the is the equivalent of saying, I don't think you should paint the exterior of your house purple. And that is right. like, <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's a... Uh, yeah, we don't need to unpack yeah. like all this other shit that goes into that. But right, whoo! It's just crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like that is just you are not feeling and thinking on a, the same human level that I am, and that is clear. And it's I don't think that it's like I'm so superior, and I don't think that I'm right. But I do think that the basic baseline that we should all agree on is that we don't infringe on each other's bodies and rights and lives and like, and like livelihoods. That is a simple, I think, baseline that we should be able to agree on, but we can't. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that because you have experienced what it is to be marginalized in a really big, terrible way, that sure helped. Not, I think that you would feel this way regardless, but like until you are, so for some people, I think until they experience that same thing, it's hard for them to understand the depths of how awful that is. Yeah. Like it's it's sort of like how people don't believe in transgender people until their kid is transgender. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, fuck, this is important. Why? Like, where's the medical care when before it didn't matter? Right. That's, right? Well, and that's it. I think they equate it to an inconvenience versus mm-hmm. a total devastation of self. You know, yes. it's like, yeah. well, just whatever. I don't get everything I want. It's like, no. Jennifer, mm-hmm. you don't always get to like go to your favorite Starbucks because occasionally it's closed and you have to go to the one across town and it's super yeah. inconvenient, you know, like that, these right. are not the same things. And, no. you know, I know your mom got sick once and that was really hard for you, mm-hmm. but that's just life. That's not people actively campaigning against you as a human person. No. And your rights to live no. freely and happily. Yes. No. I know you have also suffered. I know you have experienced unkindness, you know, but that's Mm -hmm. very different, (laughs) very Mm -hmm. different. So anyway, yeah. Have you come across a TikTok of the guy who's, I don't, I haven't seen his other TikToks, but he, I I get the impression that he's a pretty peaceful guy talking about like mental health and stuff, but he, he, Nazi supporter comes to his town with a sign, like I'm a Nazi, I want to kill Jews or whatever. I don't know what, I don't remember what the sign said. And he was like, I ran home so fast and made my own sign and like broke all of the speeding laws. (laughs) And he screamed the man out of town. Uh And he was talking about how white men in particular need to stand up and they need to do that. They need to use their white man power to scream Nazis out of town basically. And I was like, oh my God, he's so right. I am not, I wouldn't condone violence. Yeah. It, but then that, like, that makes so much sense. You can't just like, oh, hmm, that's unfortunate. That makes me feel sad. Like if we, yeah. as like white men, white people, like if we want to protect our communities, we have to use our power. And sometimes you have to use that in an aggressive way. Yeah. And he was, and he did, he screamed the guy out of town and then there was groups of 
women and people of color and that were there crying and feeling victimized by this man. Yep. And when the guy left, they were so appreciative Yes, that finally somebody stood up for them yep. in a way that they wouldn't be able to stand up for themselves. And so it, it's just it's something I've been thinking about a lot and, you know, that there's just different ways to approach these issues. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to literally scream people out of town did I, did <laughs> to I bring protect this your up? community. Yeah. Did I bring this up or did I just think about this really hard that I feel, I feel like I said something about it on one of the episodes where... Yeah, we as white people just need to start screaming. We just need mm-hmm. to start literally screaming because, yeah, I saw it was a different TikTok, but I saw a woman who was just going ape shit, like screaming at a bigot of some variety mm-hmm. and just going ham on him and like fairly like like you've never seen anything in your life. And I'm like, that is yeah. the, that is the, like uh, you and I talking on this podcast, I'm constantly annoyed with myself because I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. ooh, I have opinions. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you just need to shut the fuck up and just start screaming. <laughs> screaming at people. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like the mm-hmm. only recourse. We need to just not talk to each other and a- at each other or about things and just scream. <laughs> right. just, we've reached yeah, the I, point where it's required. <laughs> yes, screaming is required. I yeah. I, I sent that TikTok to Ryan and I was like, you know, he's got a temp, I mean, not a temper with the people he loves, but he has an underlying, like, yeah. he wouldn't avoid a fight if it came to him. Yeah. You know, like if some dude came and started picking on him, he would happily scream at that guy oh, or whatever. Same. I live for that shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Honestly, I'm yeah. like, Laura will be like, oh man, you are going to get that guy. I'm like, if he says one more thing, there's a moment. <laughs> Sitting at like an ice cream shop in Michigan, and I'm all just uh-huh. vibing, and she's all cut. Take, get, simmer down, honey. And I'm like, ooh, if he, I swear to God, Laura, if he doesn't walk away right now, mm-hmm. well, it'll be like, fuck, mm-hmm. God, I really yeah, want to get that it. guy. <laughs> Coyote so, anyway. backing up in bear. Anyway, yeah. yes, let's. We, uh, I don't know how we got here. Uh, but. Well, we just got there because people are fucking. Ugh, I, yeah. Because we don't understand and we will just talk about it until we do eventually, but that day will probably never come. And in the meantime, no. it's important to talk about and it's important. So yeah. we talk I about it. Just, well, let's right. just start a screen podcast. We're just like, <laughs> Nazis can go fuck themselves. <laughs> there is no room for Nazis in any community. Uh, I do ever, not tolerate anywhere. your tolerance. <laughs> it is not the same as disagreeing no. on how to mundane shit uh, the rules of the golf course right (laughs) Uh, Uh, let's do some name time we didn't do one last week which was literally yesterday or two days ago when we recorded so let's do some name times because i have a huge pile of names and then we will do some shouty outies because we didn't do those last time either so executive producers on a show uh, executive producer was megan just hyphen true love Ooh. More kid phrases, things that kids have called things, names that kids oh. have called things. Yes. Yes. Shampoo was shampoo. Said <laughs> 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 my kid has been saying he likes things literally. I think that he means he likes something a little bit. He oh. thinks literally means a little bit. Oh my God. <laughs> like that. Uh, literally. I. Did I already say this? That it was like a year ago that I learned that fitfully meant not well. Like if you sleep fitfully, it's you didn't get good sleep. 
No. And I always thought that it meant you slept really well. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know how I missed that. I, how I know, often do you I've, use the word fitfully? That is a cute word, but I don't know that I don't I've ever know. heard that I don't, said out loud. I, I said it to Ryan at one point and I was like, oh, I really slept fitfully last night. And he was like, do you mean good or bad? I was like, I slept really good. And he's like, yeah, that's not what that word means. <laughs> it's funny because I am uh, writing a story about a little kid who thinks that there is this like unseen being called the time being and that his mother keeps like sacrificing his things and his energy to the time being. So she'll say, let's let's set your art supplies aside for the time being. (gasps) Right? Courtney. And then the kid grows up and turns out the time being is a real is real. That's creepy. And, right. And so I was using, saying like, you know how kids say cute things as kids mm-hmm. and they mishear things and they missay things. So this, this is well-timed. I have to work fitfully into <laughs> that story. <laughs> but yeah, I might use shampoo. Shampoo is really cute. <laughs> uh, oh, he used to call ping pong balls, gumball balls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're Appalachian names. We have a Southern listener who said us some Appalachian names, Hiawatha Nicely and Hiawatha Nicely Jr. Fucking winner. Winners. To me, mama. I love that. (laughs) Not to be outshined by lunch bag Rodriguez. (laughs) I'm sorry, lunch bag? The word didn't even come out right. Lunch bag Rodriguez. (laughs) Odd. Why lunch bag? I don't know. I've got to know the story behind Why it. Why not? Why am I not lunch bag Rodriguez? I, w- I wish I was I lunch w- bag Rodriguez. Yes. Tarquin Moon. How we oh. do it. <laughs> Anita Goldlick. No, Anita Goldick. Richard Cox. <laughs> Honor Bell. Sean McShane. Lovey Smith. <laughs> and someone named John Street. They said, I found this one funny because I used to live on John Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they took someone took their oldest son to the Outer Banks for his 18th birthday and he found a gas station called Biscuits and Porn <laughs> whoa <laughs> I mean this is I mean, to tell the, the people case. just to, yeah amazing. there's no bait and switch at Bi- Biscuits and Porn <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there is maybe it's just Biscuits and Porn it's going it's like a regular ass gas station yeah, like, there's no Biscuits or Porn <laughs> Um, A lady on Facebook made a post. Her name was Star Balloon hyphen Bradley. Oh, my God. Dick Spray. Arthur Spanks. (laughs) Garth Garth Brooks' full name is Troyal Garth Brooks. That's amazing. Amazing. That feels kind of Appalachian to me, too. Totally. Love Garth Brooks. Love that guy. Mm -hmm. God. Oh, somebody said I sent in Jessica Carr. Which she said it probably doesn't translate after you know, like after the fact because with an Australian accent it sounds like Jessica Kaka <laughs> spelled K A R R. Oh, I did Janet Chandler's case last week, and that it was Detective John Slank, which <laughs> is a great name. You can take a cross country trip in the United States of America from Poo Poo Point Trailhead to Pee Pee Creek. Multiple of you sent me that one, so thank you. We need to have a They Will Kill hiking trip. Yeah, no, it's like from the top of the Pacific Northwest down to the bottom of the East Coast. I mean, what are you guys doing (laughs) for the next six months (laughs) of your lives? (laughs) You want to Gilbert Gump it or whatever his name is? (laughs) 
<laughs> Forrest Gump. Whoa. No, Gilbert. Gilbert Gump. Gilbert Gump. <laughs> um, there's a court reporter, Mrs. Claus. Times are hard at the North Pole. She had to, she had to go back to school, become a oh, court damn. reporter. Okay, here we go. Renee motherfucking Pickles. Ugh. It's been a while. <sighs> the person we've had a food. Yeah, I mm, especially pickles and pancakes. The person who turned in the pig farm killer was William Hiscox. <laughs> <laughs> well, Willie Hiscox. Okay, and then somebody sent me these. Are like I was like, oh god, these make me kind of uncomfortable. Like I'm a sixth grade boy or something. These are Gosh. all true wedding announcement names. So like when they put the announcement of a wedding in a paper. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so, you know, so-and-so slash so-and-so. Right. Stoker Daily, Long Wee Wee, Trailer <laughs> Hooker, Bush Rash, Drilling Cousin, Peters Her, Graham Cracker, and Rice Patty. <laughs> Long Wee Wee. That's my favorite. <laughs> you guys, you silly you guys. guys. You wonderful, you silly little angels. Again. Gosh, every time. Every time. No, I try. I try to like keep an eye on my our emails and help out. You know, whatever. Like, do my part. Answer some emails. They're all name time emails, yep. which I try to avoid because I like to be surprised by their little nuggets of fun. <laughs> but it's so funny because it's like, oh, oh no, oh no, name time, exactly. name time, name time. Oh, which don't ever stop. It's amazing. It. It's also amazing because I think at the beginning when we first started doing this, there was a lot of us being like, we're going to, let's uh, invent this thing that we want our listeners to participate in and mm-hmm. you can't force nope. it. It's like giving yourself a <laughs> no. nickname, right? Yes. It exactly. just has to come naturally and name time came yeah. so naturally. And Took I off. just love that the people are like, <laughs> oh my God, I just love you. <laughs> I love it. I get well, tagged I think all over the It's place. like a universal love of funny names. Like, I, you know, everybody yeah. can find that shit funny. And so it's nice to have a place. We are happy to be the portal. Yeah. That. We are but releases a the. Yes. <laughs> well, and it, I, yeah. not to call this listener out too hard, but the listener who called who called me out, that's not the right word, but who like lovingly <laughs> scolded me for not promoting my please leave podcast, the horror <laughs> podcast, said, I don't usually listen to name time. I don't love name time, but I love the shouty outies. And I was like, Bruh. it never occurred to me that someone wouldn't love name time. I was like, that's a thing? <laughs> They're like, how many more dick names could you find combinations for, Uh, you guys? (laughs) A million, a million. Yeah. The answer is a trillion. Endless. So, yeah, I, I, you know, in in retrospect, just about everything we do on this podcast is is borderline juvenile or... Oh, yeah. uh, 100%. Yeah, but... It just really never even occurred to me. I would assume that people would be like, those shouty outies are bonkers and no thank you. And be like, yeah, I get it. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. But yeah, I, time, I, mean, I, I don't know if, if it wasn't us in some other podcast. And I don't know if I'd stick around for it. No, I, th- I think I would, but I don't know. I think I yeah, would. It's hard to. I think yeah. it would be hard at first. But if I stuck around long enough to understand what was going on, yeah. then I would be into it. But I don't totally. think I would make it that far personally. No. 
Okay. Well, Speaking anyway. of which. Oh, thank you so much to those of you who support us over on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it so much. Yeah. For as little as $5 a month, you can get a whole other second fucking podcast. A whole yeah. 150 some episodes now. It's y'all. a lot of episodes. They are full episodes. I don't think yep. we've, I think the shortest we've ever gone is like 27 minutes or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And... Uh, you also get a shouty outy. I will sing you a song or write you a poem or come up with some sort of brilliant <laughs> masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Poem, lyric. What else can we call these? Rambling in your honor. So, folk tale. Folk tale. Ooh. <laughs> Fairy tale. So, we will start. Thank you so much. To Melissa E. Melissa energizes everyone equally. Environmentally, she effervescences the earth and everything on it. Equestrians love Melissa (laughs) because... It's (laughs) Melissa, right? Uh Because... She is as majestic as the beasts they tame. (laughs) 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 Melissa tames the beasts too. She is available for you to become so inspired that you can hardly see. Melissa E. The fantasy is complete. When you're around, it is replete of (laughs) anything you don't desire. Melissa E., you are on fire. Never quit and never (laughs) stop. Never stop believing that we can't see, Melissa E., everything you are. Because we can see it. I don't know if I used replete right, but it felt it felt right. It felt good. You sleep fitfully. <laughs> that doesn't mean good, though. That means bad. <laughs> Who else do we have? Thank you so much to Pam A. Oh, my God. I love the Pam. I love the Pam. <laughs> I love the Pam. I love the Pam. <laughs> Who doesn't love a Pam? I, I really, really love the Pam. Listen, the Pam, I love you. The Pam stands for P, particularly individualistically, magnificently, ornery. The A stands for absolutely. The best of all, don't try to make her tumble or stumble or fall. Because the Pam will not falter. The Pam is not your mother's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) The Pam is just the Pam. And the M stands for ma'am. Don't come at me with that shit. I am the Pam. And if you don't understand what that means, you can get to step in. <laughs> I love you, the Pam. Ugh, I love the Pam. 
You know who else I love? The Pam, the Pam, the Pam, the Pam, the Pam. (laughs) (laughs) I love Meg B. From Nebraska. Nebraska. Meg B. Braska? What did you just say? I said she's from Nebraska. No, Meg B. Braska. (laughs) Listen, Meg B. Braska. (laughs) Meg B. Braska from Alaska, according to me. Meg B. Braska, she will ask you what you're looking at, B. Meg B. Braska says, come Natcha is a big old pile of love. Meg Nebraska doesn't grasp at the strings. <laughs> Meg Nebraska, she's a basket full <laughs> of hotness, kindness, bravery, and thoughtfulness. Meg Nebraska. She's. Did you already say fantastic? She's fantastic. She's the most brightest one. Meg Braska. We love ya. We love ya endlessly. <laughs> we love you guys. We love, we you, love guys. you so much. We can't begin to tell you how much we love you. <laughs> right. No, it's true. We really can't. So much. And if you want to spend more time with us, we will invite you to visit us at Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.motherfucking.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe, and talk to your friends every day, every night about They Will Kill, a true crime podcast that you like. I think that you need to do some shouty outies. I could tell that they are burning inside of you. So, Well, I know. We tried that one time, and I just re- kept repeating the same word. Try. So we can try. We can try. You did it. I thought you did great. Oh, good. Thanks. Does anyone want Sadie to do their shouty outie? Speak I will now. do it like this, and I'll say the words that come to my head, even if it doesn't make any sense. Oh, like fr- so, f- so different fitfully. than how I do it. <laughs> so different than how I do it. Um, thank you, uh, yeah. AJ Burgens, for your music. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and remember, and remember, your intolerance is not a difference. Oh. That is intolerance. Intolerance is intolerance, and yep. it's not like you can't eat dairy. It is just. I don't think intolerance is something that we need to. Tolerate. Tolerate. Unless it's intolerance for intolerance, then it's acceptable. But intolerance for the sake of intolerance is just intolerance. And you are not kind or just or right or godly for intolerate it being intolerant and not tolerating something or specifically someone. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe dig deep and get back to me on that. (laughs) We love you guys and we tolerate you. Yeah, we do. The opposite of intolerate you. We love you and we are so glad you're here every week and we cannot wait to continue this uh, parasocial relationship with you. So see you next time, baby. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.